0: Hi, welcome to our study of patterns found in God's Word. Today I want to look at Jesus' early years, what some people may call the Christmas story. And I want to look at it with the pattern of three that's running through it. What we see is there's three angelic visits, three blessed events, three disturbing events, three angelic warnings, and then three proofs of his birthday. With these five threes, you've got the whole story of Jesus' early years, childhood years, memorized, and you're able to tell the story rather simply. To begin with, we just see three angelic visits. This is about the year 4 BC. Gabriel goes to Zacharias, who is in the temple at the altar of incense, which is, represents the prayers of the people going up to God. The people want a Messiah to save them from the Romans. Zacharias says to, or Gabriel says to Zacharias, you're going to have a son. He's going to be the forerunner of the Messiah. Zacharias doesn't really believe him, so he's left a mute until John is born. And then Zacharias calls him John, and Zacharias can once again speak. People know that he has seen a vision at the temple. The second visit we see is Gabriel goes to Mary six months later. And now to Mary, he says, you're going to have the Son of God. She's confused because she's a virgin. He says it's going to be the Holy Spirit that will come upon you, and that's how you become impregnated. And to understand that God can do the impossible, your relative, Elizabeth, is right now six months pregnant. Uh, So the next day, Mary departs from Nazareth, goes up to where Elizabeth is staying. And as soon as she sees uh, Elizabeth, inside of Elizabeth, John the Baptist, who's six months um, old, inside the womb, he does a somersault which confirms that Mary is now pregnant with the Messiah, Jesus, and she's only about two days old in her pregnancy. She stays with Elizabeth for three months, being comforted, the two of them together, as they're talking about their future children uh, coming up. So So she spends three months there. Now, when it's time for Elizabeth to give birth, Mary goes home. Now, here's the important thing you need to see, is when she goes home, she's been gone three months, and now she's showing so when Joseph sees that she's coming back and she's three months pregnant, he's confused. So he decides, we're engaged. I'm going to break the engagement and put her away quietly because he's in love with Mary. But he needs to do the righteous thing because Joseph is a, is a righteous Jew. So God sends Gabriel to Joseph in a dream and jo- and Gabriel tells Joseph she's going to be with a child. It is the son of God, the Messiah. Um, you're going to call him Jesus. So then the next day, Joseph gets up, decides, yes, okay, I'm going to marry Mary. So they probably got married within a week to help protect her from anybody seeing that she's pregnant prior to marriage, which is a very big no-no in that period in time. Sometimes the women would get stoned for immorality. So Joseph takes her to be his wife. Now, the next thing we see is three blessed events, and now this is... This is just before she's about to give birth, and this is 3 BC. The first blessed event is the census. Now, we may think that the Romans came up with this idea of the census, but God's got them doing this. And the reason is he put in the Old Testament that his child, the the Messiah, was going to come, born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem. You know Satan is watching Bethlehem. Watching all the young girls there to see who's a virgin, who's going to get impregnated, because he wants to take out the child who uh, is going to crush his head from Genesis chapter 3 and the prophecy given by God. So that's where Satan's focus is on Bethlehem. Well, Mary, the virgin, got pregnant in Nazareth, and now God's going to bring her in in a very busy period in time during the census, and she's married now and she has the child in the manger so God's tells us the truth but there's nothing anybody can do to stop God's word from coming true not even Satan knowing who and where that child was going to be born he still couldn't stop it so the census is really a blessed event secondly is the birth of Jesus at the manger Now, once the child is born at the manger, Joseph and Mary are all by themselves. So she's gonna be kind of down and, and out, kind of depressed because she doesn't have her family with her. So what does God do? Sends angels to the shepherds, who in turn come to Mary, and they so encourage her with the words the angels talked about, that he is going to be the Christ, the Messiah, which simply means the anointed one. And so who better to have visit Uh, Mary, who's giving birth to the Lamb of God, than to have shepherds show up at this very special period in time. Shepherds would never leave the sheep in the field unless it was a matter of vital importance. So this so encourages Mary and Joseph to have these guys show up the day that her son is born. The next uh, blessed event is the purification. 40 days after uh, the child is born, then the The family can go to the temple and do the sacrifice to redeem their firstborn who belongs to God. They're poor, so they give two turtle doves. Joseph is probably unemployed at this period in time and feeling a little bit on the depressed side. And now who shows up? Simeon with the Holy Spirit inside of him takes the child and says, this is the consolation of Israel. This is the Christ holding it up for all the people to see then Anna the prophetess comes up and she starts to prophesy which so uplifts both Mary and Joseph as they leave the temple three disturbing events happen in 2 BC and the first one is the magi now you have to picture this the magi are in the east probably persia that's where the star shows up When Jesus is born, the star is not in Bethlehem. There is no star over the manger. It's in the east. It's a very special star, which is probably within our uh, atmosphere, because this star doesn't move. It is not the alignment of three planets. The wise men are very intelligent. They know what three planets coming together look like. They're astrologers. This is an unusual star. It doesn't move. It's stuck in the east. So they go through all their books. They can't figure it out, but they know of a wise man 500 years earlier, his name, Daniel. They go through Daniel's book and lo and behold, they find king of the Jews is gonna be born with a star. So they prepare and down they go to Jerusalem to worship the king of the Jews. Now you need to understand they're not poor. These guys are very rich and they represent Persia. They are not going to just travel three guys on a camel across this desert because it takes three months to get down to Jerusalem. They're going to have armed guards. They're going to have people that cook for them. They're going to have people that set up their tents. They're going to have an entourage of about 600 to 1,000 people. It's going to be this healthy-looking caravan coming down because they're coming to worship the king of the Jews. They think everybody's partying down in Jerusalem. So when they get to Jerusalem... Herod's definitely going to let these guys in because he's, he's never seen uh, the guys from Persia show up like this before. So he's questioning them, and this totally upsets him because they say they want to see the king of the Jews. And then the, the Pharisees look into the books, the Bible, and they say, yes, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. So Herod sends them on their way and says, come back and tell me when you found the child. So off they go. They're perplexed because nobody in Jerusalem knows anything that's going on. They're the only ones. So that's the Magi's visit to Herod, totally upsetting the town, totally upsetting Herod. The second is when they go to Bethlehem and visit Jesus. Well, as they leave Jerusalem, they see the star, and they follow that star to Bethlehem. And now here's the reason why I say that it's not an alignment of three planets. It's a star within our atmosphere, because when they get to Bethlehem, you've got this caravan which totally fills uh, the main street of Bethlehem. That star is going to park right over top of Jesus house. You cannot find a star in the atmos- in, in, in the world today that's right above your house. And it's got to be directly above their house because they're going to go in and drop what hundred200,000 dollars on a baby whom they can't communicate with, who's probably one year old running around. They probably don't speak the Hebrew. They may have a translator, but there's no identification. It's at night because the star's there. Nobody in town knows whose house they're in front of because there's so many of these camels and so many of these people filling up Bethlehem. So they go in, they bow, they worship the child. They leave their three gifts, frankincense, myrrh, and gold, and then they go on their way. And it's so important to understand, if I'm going to drop $100,000, $200,000, I want to make sure this is the house. If this is going to be the house, that star has to be in the atmosphere. And that's the way we need to understand that. And then the third uh, disturbing event would be two days later when the soldiers show up and they kill the babies because Herod wants to make sure that that the Messiah is dead. And so he sends in the soldiers, killing everybody from two down. They saw the star about a year ago, but Herod's going to make sure that he captures this child. There's about 18 to 20 babies that are killed in this, in this period of time. Now we have three angelic warnings. And again, we're still in the same period of time 2 BC. To the Magi, the angels come and say, don't go back to see Herod. Just go back to your hometown the way you need to go. So off they go, and they just bypass Herod. Then to Joseph, that very same night that he comes to uh, the Magi, to Joseph, he says, you got to get out of town. Herod's coming to kill the child. You need to go to Egypt. Well, how does he afford to go to Egypt? Well, that's exactly why the Magi show up to give him the goods so that he can get out of town and go to Egypt, and off he goes. They come in two days later, kill all the children. Nobody knows whose house the Magi went to, so nobody understands what's going on, and when they kill all the children, not only does Herod satisfied, but Satan's satisfied that the child's gone, and they're down to Egypt, and they got enough money to take care of them for two or three years, and then when Joseph hears about he gets a, another message from God that Herod is dead and Herod dies 1 BC. Joseph returns and then he gets a warning don't stay in Judah, go up to Galilee. He goes up to Galilee and that's where he uh, settles in the Nazareth area. Finally, three proofs for Jesus' birthday being at the Passover. This is 10 BC. His parents go up to with Jesus because he's 12 years old. When he became 12, they took him up to the Passover. According to the custom of the feast. Custom of the feast is all men need to go to three feasts. The Passover, the Pentecost, the Tabernacles. But you have to be a man to go. He was 12. Bar Mitzvah is when a Jew goes from 12 to 13. It's your 13th birthday that you become a man. And now you're recognized at the synagogue and the temple. Now you have to go to the feasts. Jesus was 12. That means when he got there, he turned 13 according to the custom of the feast. Second point is, he's speaking with the teachers, and he's asking them questions, and he's giving them answers, and everybody's absolutely amazed at this little 13-year-old. If he was 12, they wouldn't even listen to him. But now he's a man, he can be in the temple, and he can be asking these guys questions and giving them answers, which shows he had to be 13. And the third one is, he causes parents incredible grief. They were a day out, thinking Jesus, being the obedient child, would be in the caravan headed back up to Galilee. He's probably helping some other family because that's his nature. But when they couldn't find him, now they're a day to go back, and they're three days looking for him in Jerusalem. That's five days Jesus was spending with these teachers. Your mother's your teacher until you're two. Your dad's your teacher until you're 13. Jesus must have had a zillion questions to ask these elders and wanted to get some good response from them. So that's why he's five days in the temple and they are absolutely amazed at this kid. He's been there for five days. But when his parents catch him, his mother's saying, Why have you created such anxiety with us? We've been looking for you for five days. And Jesus' response, Didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? The parents forgot he turned 13. The parents didn't realize that this is the most important thing in his life, was to be at the temple. They could have found him right there. And they should have known that that's where he was, because now he was a man. But he went back with his parents and remained obedient to them and helped his mother to raise his, his brothers and sisters. His father died, we don't know when, and because Jesus couldn't start his ministry until he turned 30. You can't be a rabbi a teacher until you're 30. And so he had to wait until then. So, Jesus' early years, it's a nice, simple little format that you can remember. Three angelic visits in 4 B.C., three blessed events in 3 B.C., three disturbing events, there's the Magi, in 2 B.C., and the three angelic warnings at that same time, and then three proofs, 10 B.C., to have his birthday. That's the early years of Christ. If I know the early years of Christ, I understand my Lord that much more when you understand a person's history. And then now the Gospels are now ready to go jump into his ministry as he takes off into his three-year ministry. And that's the message we would like to share with you at this time. Thank you for watching.